When I was a couple weeks short of my 70th birthday, I started thinking about my mother's mother, who lived to be 100, and her mother, who lived to be 102, and my father, who lived to be 90, longer than anyone we had ever heard of in his family. I began to think that maybe our generation could be the first to routinely live to be 100. When I talked about this at family dinner one night, my granddaughter, who was five, said, What are you going to do for the next 30 years, Grandpa? Hello, I'm Dr. Janet Price. And I'm Greg Kaloost. And we are Oldish. And this is our podcast, Oldish. If you're Oldish or know someone who is, please join us for conversations amongst ourselves and our special guests about what it means to be Oldish in the 21st century. If you ever wonder whether you're getting old, you're Oldish. What are you going to do for the next 30 minutes? Hi. I'm Janet, and I'm oldish. Hi, I'm Greg, and I'm oldish. Welcome to this episode of our podcast, Oldish, Conversations on Aging in the 21st Century. Today's episode is going to be uh, in the series of episodes that we call The Dinking Game, which have a basis in the game of pickleball. But it's not just about pickleball. It's about how does pickleball relate to life, and how can we take some of the lessons that we learn on the pickleball courts and apply them to our own lives and vice versa. Today's episode, we want to talk about the transition zone. In pickleball, the transition zone is the area between the back line where serves happen. You have to be behind the back line to serve the ball. And then much of the game is played at the kitchen line or the non-volley zone line up and toward the front of the court near the net, a lot of points are scored against people as they move through the area in between the back line and the front line. It's referred to officially as the transition zone. Unofficially, I've heard it called no man's land, because if you get caught there unprepared, a shot coming at you while you're in the transition zone unprepared is very likely to score a point against you because it's difficult to react quickly there to a shot at your feet or over your head or off to the side if you're moving. And if you're moving through the transition zone, even a shot that comes right at you and you hit it squarely because you're moving, you put too much force behind your shot, then your shot frequently will either go into the net or will go long. So the transition zone is a dangerous place. There's a methodology to making the transition zone your friend, which is to plant your feet and get yourself in position to hit the ball partway through. So rather than wandering up through the transition zone, which I see a lot of people do, including me, rather than racing through the transition zone to get to the kitchen line, which I see a lot of people doing, including me, if you know that you're not going to make it all the way and get set at the non-volley zone, you should do something about getting yourself set on the way because the shot's going to be coming back in your direction. So a very good technique for that is what's called a split step where you basically, instead of running forward, you do a little hop and set your feet shoulder width. You bring your paddle into ready position. You look in the direction that the ball is going to be coming at you from, 
and you get yourself as ready as you can, you have a much higher likelihood of hitting the ball back effectively if you're in position to hit it and not moving and not off balance. Now, it turns out, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that, it turns out that that's true in life also. And if you've been listening to our podcast much, you know that Janet and I are both interested in Buddhism and in a kind of a Buddhist way of looking at the world. One of our favorite teachers is a woman named Pema Chodron, and she talks a lot about the transition zone. Uh, she refers to it as groundlessness, where because the universe is ever-changing, the world, your life is ever-changing, nothing is fixed, everything is constantly in flux, the ground under your feet is never actually solid but you can take steps to maintain your balance in groundlessness. And that really is the core, I, in my opinion, that's the core of, of Pema's teaching is, is methodologies to remain grounded or to at least remain in balance in a field of groundlessness. So that's what I think of the transition zone and how pickleball in this case relates to real life. So I know that you're familiar with both pickleball and Pema, Janet. So what do you think of that? I think it's such an exciting topic, you know, and it's fun that you were talking about pickleball, aspects of pickleball reflecting our experiences in life, which I just want to give a little shout out to the book Pickleball is Life with Aaron McHugh, who we actually had the pleasure of interviewing on the podcast because pickleball is life in so many ways. And here's one of them. So I think about how do we handle uh, being in a transition zone in our lives? It happens to all of us, you know, whatever that might be. We're moving. We've got a new job. We're, you know, wake up and chill grouchy. We're whatever it might be. There's so many transitions that go on in our lives and, and we can feel um non-grounded we can feel like our our life is turning upside down and we are like in a washing machine we're just going around and around and we're out of control and so it's like how can we feel in control or accepting of not being in control in this groundlessness and so anyway, I think it's true with pickleball. I loved what you said about that, because uh, I do this too, that once I've served the ball, I go running up to the volley line. And I still think that's probably what I should do. But I really like the idea of if I realize the ball is going to come to me and I'm not going to make it to that point to be able to just like set my feet where I am, feel balanced and to be ready for whatever comes as much as I can. And I think that relates to life. It, when something, when it's feeling out of control and it's feeling like I don't really know what's coming, it's like, okay, I want to be balanced. I want to have my sense of self um, secure and be ready for what's going to come. Yeah, I think I think it's it's really important to me in, in my oldishness because I think of oldishness as a clear 
transition zone. You know, we're we're uh, we're moving from middle age into old age, supposedly, and so we're in this stage that a friend of mine used to call advanced middle age. You know, this oldishness and the for many of us, not for you yet, because you're you're still working, but for many of us, it's our working days are done. So our ability to identify around whatever work it was that we were doing has gone away. And we're not old yet. So it really is a starkly a transition zone. All of my life has been a transition zone. I just didn't always know that. I spent many years thinking that this is how things are. And I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make that happen, or this is going on, or whatever. But um, it was never, it was never true. It was, you know, it was always a transition zone. But one of the things about being oldish is that I have more time to notice that I'm in a transition zone. I see a lot of a lot of the people I hang out with, and it's, some of it is because I play pickleball weekday mornings with people who are retired. And most of the people that I play with are oldish one way or the other. They range in age from mid-50s, for the most part, from mid-50s to 80-something. But with a, there's a very heavy thing right around 65 to 75. There's a, there's a heavy group in there. But because it's weekday mornings, just about everybody is retired. You know, there's some people who come before work, some people that I know work nights, and so they come in the morning. But most of the people there are retired and are in this transition zone, working on it. You know, I talk to people sometimes, and a lot of people are working on what's going on in your life now. And sometimes a ball comes at you fast, you know, a death in the family, or it wasn't your idea to retire, or somebody got sick, or just all kinds of things where a ball can come at you fast. And if you're not balanced, it can knock you off kilter. You know, some some big things like the, you know, the, the loss of a parent or a loved one or something like that is going to knock you sideways anyway. There's no, you know, there's no, nothing you can do about that. But the, the you know, basically staying in balance um, is a way to handle most of the shots that are going to come at you. You still get what what I've heard called tagged once in a while where the ball actually hits you because you're not right. fully ready for it. Oftentimes it's the person who hit the ball at you knows you're not fully read, ready for it. And so that's a way to score a point is to hit you with the ball, which you can do that to me two or three times, but after that, after that, you probably ought not to, because I may have something to say. Some of that's on me. I wasn't ready, but if I if you're hitting the ball at me hard, I'm going to defeat you with this. Word, with the dinking game. We talked about that a few episodes ago. It's like you hit the ball at me hard often enough, and sooner or later I'm going to catch up, and I'll beat you with the dinking game. Just a nice, soft, thoughtful, <laughs> patient game. So that transition zone is is a, a really important place. In pickleball, it's where a lot of points get scored against people when they're in that transition zone because you're just not ready to hit the ball. You know, if you're running, you're not ready to hit the ball. And if you're off balance because you saw the ball coming at you and you tried to stop while the ball was coming at you, you're going to be off balance and it's really hard to hit the ball. You know, you can hit it, but even if you're running, you can hit the ball. I don't mean you're going to miss because you're running. I mean, you're not going to hit the ball accurately where you want it to put it. Um, and so a lot of points get scored. And also, you know, I get hit in the foot a lot because I'm, because I'm moving and it's hard to hit a low shot when you're moving. 
it's really hard to to bend over while you're running. Mm-hmm. It's also not safe. <laughs> so, so the transition zone is an important place in good old Pema. Yeah. I wonder if wonder if what Pema would think about having her teachings be pickleball coachings. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what she would think about that. So any any of our listeners, if you happen to know Pema, uh, ask her that for us. Which is does how does she feel about having her teachings play such a big role in our learning how to play pickleball? And that would be an interesting business idea: is to have a Pema children focused pickleball clinic. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we could get Pema to come down. I don't know. Can, can you play pickleball in a robe? <laughs> well, I like what you said about comparing or thinking about oldishness being a transition zone. You know, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast, including your friend talking about advanced middle age. I think that's one reason why we thought of the word oldishness. That what is advanced middle age? What is that place between middle age and old? Um but yeah, I mean, that this is a time of transition. And what you're saying about not noticing that when you're younger, it makes me think of pickleball and how when we are settled by the volley line or we are settled and balanced at the serving line, it's still uh, uh, a groundlessness experience. We We don't know exactly where that person is going to hit the ball or what we're going to need to do to respond to it successfully. But we know that we're in the place we're supposed to be. So it can give us a sense of we're doing the best we can and whatever comes, comes. Whereas being oldish, a lot of that's been taken away. Like we know we're, we know we're supposed to, with quotation marks, leave our homes and go to school or leave our homes and get a job and maybe get married and have kids and then support our kids and support work hard at our business. And we just have all of these standing at the volley line moments where we feel like, well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then those get peeled away. And, you know, we're done working, we're done raising our children. And so now it is, what does this look like? This feels like a a lot of groundlessness and how do we find uh, balance in the midst of all of this? So I think it is a theme for oldishness. Yeah. There's no set role for this time of our lives. I don't think really it existed much before maybe 50 years ago. Uh, Cause I, I think that, you know, people shifted right from, you know, it's like my, the first time I heard about retirement was one of my uncles, one of my father's brothers, turned 65, and he had to retire from his job. He didn't want to, but that was the deal where he worked. Um, you're 65, you retire, we'll give you a watch or whatever the heck the thing was. And six months later, he had a heart attack and died, partially because he didn't know what to do. You know, he had gone to work every day for 45 years in the same place, raised his family, all of that. And, you know, his role was to be an old guy and old guys die. And that's what he did. I, I, I remember a whole lot of other people where what you're supposed to do 
after you retire is sit and watch television or something like that. I use that as a I use that as a metaphor a lot, but I don't mean literally everybody sits and watches television, but there's nothing left. You're waited out. Um, my brother uses the expression, he's waiting for the check. You know, the meal's done. He's waiting for the check. Okay, but I think the world has changed. And so this life expectancy is longer than it ever was before. But the idea of retirement hasn't changed that much. So you've got this whole long reach of what do I do next? And there's no, it hasn't been around long enough for the be, oh yeah, now that you're, now that you're oldest, you're supposed to do such and such. Nobody knows. So, uh-huh. so it's even more groundless than, uh-huh. than it was before and it, it uh-huh. explicitly groundless. Yeah. We don't know what to do next. I'm hoping that what we're doing, a lot of us is working on buffing our lives up a bit. You know, uh-huh. so which you know, that's that's also one of the uses of uh, of pickleball is that the most successful pickleball players in the world of recreational pickleball, anyway, learn kindness and um, returning of kindness. When you start playing pickleball, you you remember this. Uh, when you start playing pickleball, you don't know what you're doing, but other people are kind to you, and they teach you how to do it. And they bring you along, and they're encouraging. And so in our oldishness, we get to be kind. We get to learn kindness from other people who are kind, and then we get to pass on that kindness to other people that we're playing with. And so I don't remember any other experience in which for hours at a time you can hear people praising each other in public. You know, over and over again, you hear, nice shot, great shot. Oh, that was great. Or, you know, you hear that over and over again on the pickleball courts. And so we're we're kind of bathed in kindness while we're playing. Sweat and kindness. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? And I guess yeah. the last thing I'll say is that being oldish, while it's almost equal to or the definition of transition zone that it can be positive and as much as it feels shaky and groundless um and i feel like that's one of the hopes of our podcast is that we can help people who are oldish feel some kindness coming their way about this is okay you can do this you can Use this as a time to to think about what do you want to do next in your life, or how can you move through this oldishness in a way that feels as positive as possible. And be where you are now, and so much about what's next, but just you know, be be in this place. Okay. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. It has Uh, been. Yeah. It's almost like a nice, gentle game of pickleball when we talk. Kind of hit the topic back and forth to each other, and every once in a while we'll miss a <laughs> miss a shot, and every once in a while we'll make a good shot. Yes, yes, and yeah. we don't and we don't keep track of the score. Yeah, there's a score. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Today, a woman, as we're leaving the court, said to me, "That's the best we've ever done," and I'll bet you ten bucks neither one of us could tell you what the score was. So. 
Thanks, Janet. It's been a pleasure to hang out with you for a while again, as always. And I look forward to the next time. I agree, Greg. It was fun to spend time with you. And I will look forward to next time also. I want to thank everyone who's joined us and let you know that you can leave messages for us, leave notes, questions, thoughts on our notes page. Yes. So www.oldish.me. You can find all of our episodes, places to comment on each episode, uh, a link so that you can send us a message if you want to. We like suggestions on who we might talk to. If you want to come and talk with us, suggest that. We've we've talked with a couple of people who sent us a note on our website and said we'd like to come on and, and talk with you. So there you go. Okay. Bye, Janet. Hi, Greg. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. We enjoyed our visit and hope you did too. Don't forget to be in the ready position. I usually play outdoors. This means the rough surface really wears out my shoes fast. I just bought a new pair of Tyrol pickleball shoes, following the recommendation of my pickleball gurus, C.J. Johnson and Tony Roy. I love them. Lightweight, breathable, and sturdy. I'm pretty sure the exclusive Vibram soles mean they'll last much longer than my old ones do. If you see me, ask me about my shoes. There's a link to Tyrol's website in our show notes and at www.oldish.me. If you buy a pair using this link, we get a small commission. You can leave comments or requests for topics or guests on this or other episodes at www.oldish.me. There's a link there, too, if you've wondered how you can help support our podcast. If you like what you heard today, please tell a friend and rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>